Welcome back, Islanders, to the Double I Show Fantasy Island, where we got you covered on all things fantasy. And it is week 16, playoff time. It's do or die now, folks. No looking back. And what we're going to do is we're going to be going over injuries that are impacting your teams, players that are in your starting lineup or your bench, and just how these players' injuries are going to impact leagues as a whole and the playoffs as a whole. So we'll jump right into our injuries right now. And we got some pretty big names on here. I'm just going to run through the list and let you know what's ailing them. Biggest one being Jonathan Taylor, calf. He's out for the season. Colt McCoy with a concussion day-to-day. Equinemius St. Brown with a concussion. He's probably ruled out for week 16. Caleb Huntley running back from the Falcons. He's ruled out for the season. Tyler Lockett with a broken finger. He's going to have surgery. He's week to week, but he's for sure not playing this week. And the big one, Jalen Hurts with a shoulder injury to his throwing arm. He's a game time decision. They'll probably play it close to the vest, but expect Gardner Minshew to get the start for the Eagles. So I'm going to throw it to the guys and they're going to let you know which one of these injuries is key for fantasy playoff matchups and week 16. I think the the biggest one is the guys who have Jalen Hurts because those guys are probably right there in the thick of the playoffs and they don't know what to do and their backup was Kyler Murray and they didn't know what to do there because they don't got nothing now. So their option is (laughs) nothing. Is Baker Mayfield on the waiver wire, Matt Ryan on the waiver wire, or Gardner Minshew? Right? I'm just saying. So that's the biggest one to me. I think the Jalen Hurts one there and what they can do with that and everything else you know what I mean but absolutely man I think that Jalen Hurts injury is just going to affect all the fantasy owners because if you have Jalen Hurts you probably got him in the later rounds you probably didn't have to spend the top Josh Allen money or the the Patrick Mahomes money so you probably got a really good team so you're in the thick of the playoffs and Jalen Hurts goes down like that and they got such a cushion they can afford to let him sit poof do it right What are you thinking, T? No, I think that's a good call out there, King. But uh, for me, it's Tyler Lockett. Only because Jalen Hurts, you're probably going to have a decent backup. And I mean, let's face it, guys. There's, you know, like what you just said there, King. There is an option to be able to get other people. So I don't know. Um, But for me, Tyler Lockett, with that broken finger, you're going into week 16. You're going into your second week of the playoffs and you need to have that stud reliable receiver and Tyler Lockett's that guy all season long Tyler Lockett has been that guy and being out having a big time wide receiver like that go down which receivers get you big points for me I'm more worried about that because there's not a lot of depth right now to be able to grab off of the waiver wire so hopefully you have some depth on your bench that's just me I think they're both real crucial because, if, I mean, we don't have the stats in front of us, but I think the Jalen Hurts and Tyler Lockett are probably on a lot of fantasy playoff rosters right now. Uh, I can't really say the same for Jonathan Taylor because he really hasn't produced as that round one pick one type player. Uh, but if you did sneak into the playoffs and you had Jonathan Taylor out for the season, but that goes to show you what we've been telling you all season long. You want to have the quality handcuffs for your studs. And when King was talking about Jalen Hurts, if you have a running quarterback, if I'm a person that I usually have to have a running quarterback rostered on my fantasy team. I just, it, they're, they're a cheat code if they're, if done right, but you always have to have somebody to back him up, a quality backup, even if it means sacrificing depth uh, on your bench for a running back or a receiver. 
uh, just because of the volatility of the position, the the plays that they're running. And with, in the case of Hurts or someone like Justin Fields, these guys fight for extra yards and look for contact. So you want to make sure that you have key backup roster. And I'm not just talking about Gardner Minshew. I'm talking about if you had Jalen Hurts, you probably should have grabbed somebody that's a starter every week uh, on probably a 14-team league or something like that, you know, like a Jared Goff or uh, a Jimmy Garoppolo before he got hurt. But right now, Trevor this Lawrence. is it, Trevor Lawrence. Because right now, this is this is the where we separate the men from the boys. If those who did proper planning, cruised the waiver wire, made the right moves, made some trade, and were able to build up that depth so that when a week 15 injury comes, week 16 doesn't look as bad. But if you are relying on some of these guys and you have no backup plan and you're running into it lost, you have to stay tuned for the waiver wires because maybe we can help you out with filling some of those holes that these injuries have provided. Some of these other names on here not are as, as inspiring. I mean, nobody was really starting Colt McCoy or any Arizona receiver of significance anyway. Like we said previously, any quarterback for Arizona is going to be targeting D-Hop. So he'll still get his catches, but he probably won't have any touchdowns. Uh, Equinemia St. Brown was starting to somewhat be the number one receiver for the uh, Bears, but, you know, concussions, you're not playing with that this year. So he's probably not on a lot of fantasy rosters, and you probably weren't going to be putting him in to your playoff roster anyway. And Caleb Huntley was just a guy, so he's not going to be doing too much. Uh, that's not a really big one. So the one that we didn't mention was A.J. Dillon going into concussion protocol. Because it looked like the Packers were really trying to ride him and use him as running back one and then use Aaron Jones as the two-minute drill and third down back. So that's a really big blow to that offense, but maybe it opens things up for the passing game. And if Aaron Rodgers has to air it out more, that's going to open up things for Lazard, Christian Watson, and Aaron Jones. So maybe that's a blessing in disguise, but hopefully A.J. Dillon gets back out there for fantasy owners, but it may be too late which will bring us to our waiver wire. These are the guys that you need to make sure are no longer on the waiver wire. Most of all, you need to make sure that they're on your team and not going against you to kick you in the ass. So I'm going to swing it over to Sweet T. He's going to let you know who you need to pick up off your waiver wire in week 16. T. All right there, Bombo. So I got a couple of them for you this week. One of them is going to be Zach Moss. All right, so hear me out. He's only 0.8% rostered. He's got Oof. the Chargers as a matchup. I mean, this guy's not on anybody's roster, right? But the fact that Jonathan Taylor went down with season-ending calf injury, I mean, that just goes to show that this guy is going to be able to get those bulk of those carries. And when you look at his usage in week 15, it's pretty much uh, clear-cut that he's going to be the bulk carrier in that backfield. During week 15, he played 60, I think it was like 68% of all the snaps. He had 24 carries, 81 yards. Uh, that's not too bad. I mean, he didn't hit 100 yards, but uh, that's still pretty good for, you know, just coming off the bench or just kind of being one of those fill-in type of guys, those, you know, uh, change of pace type of backs. So for me, Zach Moss on the waiver wire, going to get the bulk of the carries over there. So I like that one. The other one is DPJ, Donovan Peoples-Jones, 45% rostered. It's pretty high still, but... He's still out there in a lot of leagues, so hopefully you can pick him up. He has 13-plus fantasy points in five of his last six games. He's had double-digit totals in all but two games since, uh, I think it was like uh, since week uh, four or five. So it's been pretty consistent with this guy, right? 
He's pretty much your ideal flex type of guy. And guys, we said this before, Watson is starting to get comfortable. He's feeling himself. And that just goes to show you that Donovan Peoples-Jones is going to start getting more and more catches and he's going to be that deep threat. So I really like Donovan Peoples-Jones in your waiver wires. Great pickups. And, you know, Zach Moss isn't rostered because, you know, there was times where this guy was a healthy scratch in Buffalo, but, you know, they traded him, they traded Naheem Hines for Zach Moss pretty much straight up. Uh, and the Colts wanted to get him, you know, familiar with the playbook, uh, familiar with that running scheme. And then when Jonathan Taylor went down, he went in there and started getting some carries. Uh, they've had Dion Jackson in the backfield, but it just seems like if they were going to run with Jackson, they wouldn't have traded for Moss. They would have just did it for picks and not asked for a running back in turn. Uh, Deion Jackson's kind of a burner, but the thing is with Deion Jackson is he doesn't have great vision and he's had some success catching the ball, but Zach Moss, you know, I think he's a better blocker and you want to keep Matt Ryan upright and you want to see also what you got. I think Deion Jackson has, uh, is more or less going to probably be gone and you want to see if Zach Moss is also going to be someone that you want to continue on with. But I mean, the reality is, with Jonathan Taylor probably now going to be labeled as somebody that has lower leg injury problems, uh, they're probably going to have to invest in a real quality backup. And we might start seeing Jonathan Taylor split carries next year. And if that's with Zach Moss or maybe somebody else that they bring in, we'll see. But right now he is the backup to a starting running back that gets a ton of run. So pick him up. And I'm going to jump into my waiver wire pickups. And like I said earlier, these are not guys that you're grabbing and just throwing in if you play in a league with a deep bench, but those leagues aren't always the case. I know that T and I are in the league that's an IDP league. We only got four bench spots. So if you get a guy that's hurt in your starting lineup, you're probably going to have to replace him with somebody from the waiver wire because those four bench spots have to cover all those positions. So I'm going to go and say Marquise Goodwin from the Seahawks. With Tyler Lockett going down, Marquise Goodwin has came in and stepped in as the number two receiver on this team before when DK went down earlier. And he's produced. So anytime that he's been the wide receiver two starting, he's had a top 10 finish on this team. He's a speedster. He's a good route runner, deceptively good route runner. Uh, and he knows how to take the top off of defense. Most of all, Gino trusts him. Gino flat out just trusts all his receivers. And that's why he is leading the league in completion percentage. He doesn't throw balls that aren't going to be caught. He doesn't turn the ball over and he's going to make the most of what he has. Now, Godwin... Average is 10.5 yards per target when he's a starter. That's a lot of air yards. You know, he's he's running big routes and those are premium touches that if he gets the ball, he can either take it to the house or at least it's, you know, if in a PPR setting, every time he gets the ball, it's two and a half points, three points. So he has top end speed and he's playing for a team that's playing inspired to keep their playoff hopes alive. Casey's defense is real suspect when it comes to airing it out on them. Uh, we just seen them right now give up a ton of yards to the Texans. And I don't even know who was playing receiver for the Texans. But Casey isn't a lock defensively to shut teams down. And like we said in a previous segment, maybe the Seahawks being down three touchdowns really early will lead to them just doing some rush scoring and some big plays and taking a lot more chances. So I see Marquise Goodwin being the beneficiary of that type of comeback or just rushed offense. I'm not saying that you need to start him, but you definitely need to get him off the waiver wire just in case your opponent may start him. And if anything, just add to that depth just in case you get on to the next round. 
My next guy you're going to pluck off the waiver wire is Tyler Algier. He's 38% owned right now. And if you're smart like me or dumb like me, I drafted him because I saw the potential and I just didn't think that uh, Cordero Patterson was going to have a huge year. I knew he'd probably get injured, which he did. And Atlanta would eventually turn towards the youth movement. So they've already started Desmond Ritter with Mariota going on IR. Plus, Tyler Algiers coming off of 139 yards, a touchdown and a two-point conversion. They committed to him and he made the most out of it. So I know that they probably don't have Cordero Patterson factored into their long-term plans. Whereas Algier is a rookie. He's coming with some decent college catalog. He wasn't a real high draft pick, but you know what? He was the top of the depth chart going into week four of the preseason. And that's what got him all the hype and what got him drafted. That's why I drafted him. And he has produced every time he's been given the opportunity. I think he plays hard. He runs hard. And for a team like Atlanta has nothing to lose. It's a starting running back. You don't want to have him just sitting out there. Like I said, if there's a starting running back on the Raver wire, pick him up just so that he's on your team and he's not on somebody else's team where he could eventually come back and bite you in the ass. So pick up Tyler Algier, Atlanta Falcons. Let me swing it over to King so we can let you know who to pick up off the waiver wire. Week 16. King? Yeah, I think the waiver wire is thin. I think there's not a lot going on. I think a lot of guys, too, at this point, if you're eliminated from the playoffs like me, sometimes you just say, okay, let's play some of my bench guys. We haven't got a lot of run this year. But, you know, if you got to look for somebody and, like I said, that quarterback position is getting a little decimated lately. And, you know, if you're a guy who drafted, let's say, Matt Stafford, Kyler Murray, and Jimmy Garoppolo, you've been streaming all year now at the, after Garoppolo went down. You know, and I'm not going to mention any names of who did that, but my boy Gardner Minshew's on that waiver wire, Doug. Go get him early. Remember, they're Saturday games. It's Christmas this week. Merry Christmas to everybody. It's going to be a Christmas Eve NFL day. It's going to be beautiful. There's going to be all the games on Saturday. The red zones move to Saturday. There's a Thursday game. So it's just like, whew, so quick. It's a good turnaround and three games on to fill the whole day on Sunday. So you really don't got to bounce around on Sunday. You got to watch all the games. Hope they're all good. But pick up Gardner Minshew and watch him beat Dallas. Gardner Minshew, my waiver wire pickup. And that's a good one, King. We've been talking up Gardner Minshew all this week. We like the matchup. Uh, Dallas isn't necessarily making everybody quiver in their boots. And the Philly has a high-powered offense. So I'm not saying it's a plug-and-play. Any quarterback succeeds in that system. But, you know, Gardner Minshew has been there all year. He's taking first-team reps. And he's been a starter in this league before. I want to bring up something to you guys before we move on. Uh, with waiver wire and it being playoffs, I just want to know your guys' thoughts on uh, teams that aren't in that semifinals. So, you know, in some leagues, it's the last four that are battling out. What about teams where you have that consolation bracket prize or your final record, including playoffs, will determine your draft position? Or some of these guys that have side action on the loser's bracket, do you think that their roster should be entirely locked? Do you think that they should just be picking up things after waiver period and not submitting claims? Or do you think it should just be a free-for-all? What are your thoughts? I think a little bit of all of the above. You know, I think it's sort of at this point, if you do have something on the line, if it determines your draft position or whatever else, and maybe you want to tank, it's up to you. I mean, it's 
you know, I mean, it's really hard if you're in a league where every week you make money, then you can't tank and you got to keep going. You know what I mean? You have to play it out no matter what. And those are the better leagues. Then, yeah, man, you're you're fighting that waiver wire and you're doing things because guys are still going down. And guys who are supposed to come back aren't coming back right. And what do you do? Do you just keep running with them? And, yeah, you got lucky and got pushed out and, you know, got through the first week of the playoffs because it was a shitty week. What do you do? You know what I mean? It's it's hard, man. So I think you just got to keep fighting it. You got to keep up with it. I mean, even if you're eliminated, you know, have a little pride, man. Keep that thing going. You know what I mean? I mean, stick with it. You know what I mean? Knock some dudes out. You know, if you still got matchups, hey, you know what? Who cares if, they, if they're not playing their team? You know what? Just play the best team you can. You know, I, I just don't believe in just tanking it and just, you know what? I'm not even going to set my lineup. Guys aren't even playing. And watch the guys who are in and out of the lineups. Because now teams are clinching playoff bursts, so you know guys are going to get limited time to play. They're not going to hurt them. They're going to save them for the playoffs. So keep an eye on all of it. I think you're absolutely right there, King. Um, to be honest with you, it's so easy for us to kind of just get down once you get eliminated. I mean, Bombo just smoked me in one of the leagues, and it's easy for me just to kind of just throw in the towel and say, okay, I'm out. I don't care. I'm not going to set any rosters. Forget it. But like you said, one, pride. Two, if there's consolation prizes, you got to keep going for it. And three, you got to start looking at, you know, some of these leagues that are setting your team up for next year's draft because draft position is key. You know, some of these some of these leagues are really cool. They're very progressive where depending on where you're at, you can choose your draft position, right? You can move up or down on the board. Um, now, you you know, your positioning in where you finished that year determines on when you get to pick where do you want to go. But I mean, draft position is is everything. So you got to keep fighting. You got to keep going for it because you want to be able to set yourself up for the best possible uh, way to draft next year. So I would definitely be looking at it like that. And you guys brought it up uh, during the preseason. The whole point is to have fun and to be engaged. And that's the whole thing about fantasy. And I think the best thing, the best advice we can give the listeners is if you have, you know, good rapport with your commissioner or whoever's running your league, uh, if you have a league where there's actual people, you know, some people are on some auto leagues where they don't know anybody. But if you're in a traditional league where you know the commissioner and, you know, you guys bullshit and you guys have a group text and all this, throw it out there. See if you can, uh, you know, maybe enhance some of the rules to so that everybody stays engaged all year with consolation prizes, things like that. And don't, don't feel, you know, if that's not, if nobody's with it, you know, you could always reach out to the guy that you're going to be playing. Cause no matter what, they'll always set you up against somebody, even if you're out of it. So you'll always be set up to play somebody the next week, hit that guy up with an email. Or if you have his text and be like, Hey, I'll put a 20 spot on it. I'll put a big sandwich on it. If I beat you this week, you know, let me get some side action just to keep everybody engaged because that's what it's all about. And the more that you're engaged from start to finish, the more likely it is that you're going to be anticipating coming back to that league next year. And the next thing you know, you're a fantasy addict degenerate like us. So that's just a little piece of advice from the uh, Fantasy Island team here. For Sweet Tea, King, I am Bombo, and we are out.
Yeah.